What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Sad Bruno. Kurt, ask me why I'm sad. It might not be why you think. Well, it's probably not what I think, but Bruno, why are you sad? I'm a little sad because, at least for the more moment, I'm in mourning because this is a shock. I haven't even told Kurt this. I was waiting for the pod to reveal his news. Seabiscuit, my ever faithful 2000 Toyota Camry, my long buddy, died not no. once. But no. twice last week, Kurt, no. once while I was parked in a CVS parking lot, the other time after AAA came, but while it was still running. So I tried to get an appointment last week. Thank God it made it through the Patriots stuff because I, I got to your place for the Patriots. Wow. That was his last like, big voyage, huh? Kurt, well, TBD, because I have a car appointment this coming Friday. We don't know what the issue is. Kurt, six days ago, I got a new battery. Six days ago, and it died. So no idea what's going on. Seabiscuit is currently just corpsing it up in my parking lot outside my apartment. It's not looking how, great. Keep him you in your get, thoughts and prayers. How are you getting to and fro Yukon? In maybe the most lucky and suspicious coincidence of all time, my supervisor, who's like our age, lives in my apartment complex, just in another building. So wow. she's driving me to, to and is... from every day, which is like wild when you think about how lucky I am for that. But... Yeah, Kurt, it's it's tough. Seabiscuit, I walked outside today. He's been dead for three days. Twice, actually, if you double dead for three days. Walked outside, gave him a good pat, unlocked the door. Uh, the uh, door unlocking system doesn't even work because that runs on power, too. So I was like, Seabiscuit doesn't want anybody in, doesn't want anybody out. Gave him a nice little turn on. He did not turn on. Gave him a pat on the dash and said, Seabiscuit, RIP and P. So here we are. So Seabiscuit is officially not turned on by you. Unfortunately, after many years of faithful marriage to each other, he is no longer liking our relationship for the moment. So tune in next week. I have a car appointment this Friday, people. Tune in next week to hear whether I, I myself, am alive or dead. Oh, my God. So do we do a moment of silence, or is it premature? I think it's premature because while he is a corpse right now, there is a chance for a revival. <laughs> so he's super dead. Like he's, been fu- he's like, fuck you, dead right now. But there is Bruno. a chance on Friday he's coming back to life. Most most things that are dead for three days typically don't come back. Well, Kurt, uh, I'm not going to take the obvious bait on that one. But also, let me tell you, it's going to be more than three days by the time his car appointment comes around. So who knows? I don't know. Also, I don't know. Can we? Can you call the place that you got that battery and be like, uh, "Sir, oh yeah, uh, sir, Papa Bruno is uh, has already taken that route." And let me okay. tell you, he's not pleased. So, Kurt, okay. you're going to get an update next week, whether you like it or not. You're going to get it. Okay, forget the stats guy segment, Starry stats guy. We're going to have a Seabiscuit segment. Oh, yeah. We're going to need it, Kurt. We're going to need it. All right. Well, with Seabiscuit in our thoughts and prayers, are we ready to dive in? Kurt, we are ready to dive in. Uh, Perfect segue. I'm saying it before I even said it because you just were genius right there. A team that needs our thoughts and prayers, the Texans, Kurt. We are diving right into a wild and wacky week. Kurt, uh, I think he texted me at some point today and was like, am I drunk or is the NFL drunk? I don't know. Could be both. Could be none. It wasn't none. It was definitely one or the other. So, Kurt, I'll let you in your next. Bruno, it was not me. Hand up. Not me. (laughs) Okay. Well, Kurt, I'm just saying I wasn't there to prove that. But anyways. Last last week, it was me. (laughs) Last week, it was me. This week, not me. Hand up for honesty. But we start this week, Kurt, with our Thursday night game from last week. Well, we start this week with our game from last week. Don't think about that. Uh, Panthers 24, Texans 9. The Texans, good old running out, good old Davis Mills at quarterback because, uh, yeah, that's the situation they're at with quarterback. Kind of a poop game. The Panthers are surprising 3-0. and um, I would say Sam Donald looks good. He was both of our, one of our favorite quarterbacks from that draft class. The one thing about the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, yet again, second year in a row he's dealing with calf injuries, so he's out. I don't think he's going on IR, but I do think he's out 
for a little bit and we'll see you state the rest of the season. They have some winnable games coming up the Panthers before the Patriots in Week 10, Kurt. So we'll see uh, what the record is when they roll they roll into that Patriots matchup. But for now, uh, a good win over the Texans, but that's all there really is to say. Yeah, definitely an okay win, but it's the Texans. Like It should have been more of a win for them. However, I am fully on board the Panthers hype train. I think they're legit. That defense is legit. Now, J.C. Horn, I believe he's the cornerback, broke, quote, multiple bone Kurt, words, words. We just started. Multiple <laughs> bones in his foot. So he's out for a while. He's been a shutdown corner for them, so that's going to hurt their defense. But I don't know, man. Like you said, very winnable games coming up for the Panthers. Uh, before that Patriots matchup in Week 10, like you mentioned, I'm going to that one too, Bruno. Oh, my when God. I got, when I got tickets to that one in Carolina, I was like, oh, that's going to be the easiest one ever. Uh, surprise, maybe not. Mm. Uh, here's not a surprise. I was right. Bruno was wrong. Um, I picked the Bills this week in the pick six. <laughs> Actually, shout out you, Bruno. You are leading at this point in the season. Still? However, after this week? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't okay. ran that. Don't check. Don't check. <laughs> <laughs> haven't ran those numbers yet. <laughs> However, numbers that I do know are correct. Bills 43, Washington 21. Bills defend home turf. They absolutely dismantle Washington. Um, Bruno, two takeaways. That's 78 points in two weeks for the Bills. And uh, they're back after that week one loss. I would say the Bills are hashtag back. Uh, also, second point, Washington's defense, bad, terrible, disgusting. Who drafted them in the fantasy football draft this year? Me. Who released them already? me they are so bad it is it is painful yeah kurt uh i think you're right on all accounts what else was really bad was anyone who uh thought the washington football team had a chance at winning that game couldn't be me i have no idea what you're talking about so i have no idea who who would ever think that that would happen uh speaking of things that uh who had ever thought would happen the bears maybe played a football game if what you count what they put out on the field this week as a football game they lost to the browns 26 to 6 kurt i'm just gonna throw out some stats and this is all you really need to know the bears had one net yard of passing literally one they had 47 total net yards for the entire game somehow that's possible i don't even know how that's possible somehow that's possible miles garrett four and a half sacks OBJ comes back for the Bears, leads the team in receiving yards of 77. The Browns just dominated time of possession. They were running it down the Bears' throat. Justin Fields looked like poo-poo, looked like doo-doo. I mean, his team is bad. Matt Nagy is bad. The Bears are bad. That's all there really is to say. Yeah, two things, Bruno. One, is Matt Nagy going to be fired? Because uh, he should be. Number two, some people are saying this, Bruno. Not me, but some people are petitioning that the – are the Bears 0-3? Yeah? yeah? I think so, yeah. The 0-3 Chicago Bears be replaced by the 3-0 Gramby Bears. Oh, it, you know, some people are saying it. Not me, but I would love that. I'm just saying. The three I would love that. I mean, get Matt Nagy off my screen. Give me more of the Gramby Bears. Yep. Bruno, you know who is not going to be uh, well-received anywhere anytime soon, especially in Detroit, is mm. Justin Tucker. You want to know why? Oh, God. Oh, you want to know why. Bruno, um, 66 is a very, very, very big number. It's a very far distance, too, especially in terms of yards. That's how far Justin Tucker's game-winning field goal was yesterday. That's right. 66 yards as time expired. Ravens go on the road to Detroit, beat the beat the Lions 19 to 17. Uh, can't believe the game was this close. Can't believe we had a 66 yard field goal. Um, I just the game was pretty crappy uh, in all in all aspects of the game. But the Justin Tucker kick literally doinked off the crossbar, not not the not the post, the crossbar, and rolled over like it was. I don't know how he did it, but he did it, and he tore the hearts out of every Lions fan. All 10 of them in this country, he tore their hearts out. So, weird game. 
Yeah, Kurt, I think the biggest takeaway is that he kicked that game-winning field goal. Also, his previously long longest field goal kicked was against the Lions, too. So, yeah, shout-out him. Also, shout-out Lamar. There was a 4th and 19 that they miraculously converted right before that. So, good win for the, uh, the Ravens. Lions fought hard, couldn't get it done. Kurt, uh, just a self-correction hand up on my end. I went back and I said yes without even really remembering the Bears. They beat the Bengals last week. So, they're somehow not 0-3. They're 1-2. Okay, still petition for the one and two Bears to leave and the Grammy Bears come Agreed, out. agreed. But that thank God they got their win of the season because, Kurt, I don't know when their next one's coming. Let's well, just say that. Bruno, also, are you doing Stats Guy's job Stats guy's job for them? You're, you're making me uncomfortable by saying that because I don't know how to answer. So, Kurt, we're just going to move <laughs> right along to the next game and not answer that question. Uh, we got a doozy of a forgettable of maybe already the most forget forgettable game of the year. Titans 25, Colts 16, Carson Wentz. Uh, last time I checked, two hurt ankles. Now, still two hurt ankles. Last time I checked, Tarsh, still now Tarsh. Uh, Colts are 0-3. Titans, I guess you could say they're heating up a little bit. I mean, they're, they're winning the games. I guess they're supposed to win. Uh, Derrick Henry is looking better and better as the season goes on. So they are looking like they are poised to run away with that division title. The AFC South is incredibly bad. So is the next game. Falcons beat the Giants 17-14, Bruno. This game, so bad. There were so many bad games, so many weird games. We talked about the NFL being drunk this week. It was drunk a lot. This game, I wish I was drunk for because it was that bad. Giants go up 14-7 in the fourth, Bruno, but Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, mm -hmm. leads the Falcons back to score 10 points in the final four minutes and 13 seconds, capped off by who, Bruno? Who? Who's our guy? Our boy, the Coop. The coup, Young Ho Koo's game-winning field goal with how many seconds? Zero. Zero seconds left on the clock. Uh, Giants are hashtag dead. Mm. Uh, plus, Bruno, not only are they dead and 0-3, I confirm they are 0-3. Mm. Also, Slayton and Sterling Shepard hurt in this game. Uh, Blake Martinez, their linebacker, torn ACL out for the year. Big yikes. Team sucks. Lots of injuries. Bad recipe. Wish they were drunk. Yeah, Kurt, speaking of dead, who's more dead, the Giants or Seabiscuit? Don't answer that. I don't want your rude answer <laughs> to that question. Another team that's dead, though, that will replace Seabiscuit, and that is the Steelers. Because in our next game, Bengals 24, Steelers 10. I don't know what's going on because the Steelers look like they don't care. Like they are not realizing that this is an NFL season. Joe Burrow is looking good. He threw three touchdowns yesterday, two to his boy Jamar Chase. So if you're a Bengals fan, you have to be thrilled about that because they're going to be there hopefully for a long time. Uh, the Bengals just kind of had their way with the Steelers, which feels weird after all their recent history of playing. But Big Ben looking like poo-poo. Uh, Juju got injured, so that's not good. Pittsburgh uh, looking like Schittsburg. Uh, that's an original. No one's ever said that before. I just came up with that right now. But yeah, they are... I don't know if they're already out of it. I don't know if they're out. I don't know what you want to call it, but the Steelers have to be hashtag concerned. They're, they're, there's no relaxing R-E-L-A-X mm. going on in Pittsburgh. Bruno, I can confidently say that the Pittsburgh Steelers quit yesterday. Then the, late in that game, they were like, nah, you know what? This is enough. We've had enough. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're not going to be alive for that one very much either. But that they were atrociously bad. Probably the worst. I would say expectations going into that game, everyone probably thought the Steelers were going to beat the Bengals. Have to be the biggest disappointment of the entire week is the Steelers. Um, another disappointment. Uh, Urban Meyer, your team sucks. The Cardinals beat the Jaguars 31-19 despite an electric, what do you call him, Bruno? A kick six. A kick six from Jamal, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Agnew? Agnew. 
I didn't know that, but I knew <laughs> that the, that, that, that uh, the Cardinals just keep finding ways to win. Bruno, they come back in this one. James Connor, shout out uh, his old team, which is dead, the Pittsburgh mm. Steelers. He has two rushing touchdowns. AJ Green breaks 100 yards receiving. Cardinals get it together uh, in what could have been a letdown game for them. Also, um, I know the Jaguars suck, but the Trevor Lawrence suck too. Trevor Lawrence is a bust. Bust. All right. You heard it here first. (laughs) You heard it here first. Well, Kurt, uh, the other thing you've heard every single season, every single episode of this podcast is the Jets absolutely suck. And that stayed the same this week. They, again, I feel like a lot of the games I've been talking through today have been uh, the games that maybe didn't happen. But the Jets got shut out by the Broncos 26 to nothing again that's the most notable thing by far that happened in the AFC East I can't even think of anything else any other result that happened in the AFC East no. this week no nope. everybody everybody in the NFL is talking about Broncos 26 Jets zero everybody is talking about how Zach Wilson threw two more interceptions got sacked five times the Broncos scored a couple touchdowns Brandon McManus hit four field goals that's by far the biggest AFC storyline of all the games this week Kurt and I for one am happy to report about it Hey, I'm happy you're reporting about it, too, because I don't want to talk about the Jets ever. Mm. Some team that a lot of people are talking about this year, Bruno, are the Raiders. Because, uh, hold on a second. Are the Raiders good? Oh. Are the Raiders? Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. I don't know, Bruno. <laughs> the Raiders win again in overtime this week, 31-28 over the Dolphins. Another drunk, wacky game, to my point earlier, Bruno. Um, Dolphins open this up with a pick six, ultimately go up 14 nothing before the Raiders' first points came on a safety huh who (laughs) Raiders come back to go up 25 14 so 25 unanswered points uh they're up in the fourth quarter but Dolphins come back thanks to Jacoby Brissett that's right Tua Mm. is on IR shout out the Wolfpack shout out Jacoby Brissett he plunges into the end zone with two oh I'm not I'm having a hard time reading that reading is challenging for me no you're doing great no I'm you know what it is what it is he goes to the end zone (laughs) two seconds left they convert a two-point conversion gets to overtime Bruno they trade field goals Daniel Carson kicks the game winner and the (laughs) <laughs> with zero seconds once again in overtime. A lot of things happen with zero seconds left in the games this week. Yep. You know? It goes back to that drunk, wacky point. Uh, Raiders, they just keep winning. Yeah, Kurt, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, we talk about teams finding ways to win. I think right when the season starts, there's not enough like data points or whatever. I'm, I'm not stats guy, but there's not enough things <laughs> to look at for us to be like, is this a trend? Is this just this team? Who knows? But the Raiders, again, one of the things you have to do in the NFL is find ways to win if you're not at your best. So that's what they're doing. But another team that's not at their best that did not find a way to win this week was the Seahawks. Vikings 30, Seahawks 17. In a way, this is very emblematic of both teams. Vikings, no Dalvin Cook. So what do you think? They're going to be in some trouble against a good Seahawks team? No problem. Alexander Madison, the backup, steps in, has 176 total yards. Kirk Cousins, yes, you heard me right. Kirk Cousins threw for three touchdown passes, and the Vikings just kind of stomped on the Seahawks. This is just one of those games, Kurt, that it just feels like we're, we're all in the same mindset of, like, Kirk Cousins stinks. And then he just has one of these games to torture these poor Vikings fans and bring them back in and be like, oh, Kirk Cousins is good. He can have these kind of games. The problem is he does this one out of every, like, four or five games. Meanwhile, for the Seahawks, again, it's like they had that game last week against the Titans that they should have won. They would be they would have been 2-0, then they were 1-1. One one. Then they have this stinker of a performance, and now they fall to 1-2. Kurt, we talked about the NFC West being one of the toughest divisions in football, and now the Seahawks are last place at 1-2. I Eyeball emojis. I don't know. Eyeball emojis. Dude, what is going on? It's just mm. it, that's going to be such a fascinating division to watch the entire season. Um, who, who knows? Not me. I certainly not don't I. know. Bruno, what I do know, 
we uh, we rolled through that pretty quick. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How about that for your quick recap? Hell right. yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Well, guess what? The quick recap's over, which means long recaps. Bada boom. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Uh, Bruno, I don't know who would have thought. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who would have picked the Chargers against the Chiefs? I, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you two guys <laughs> confidently who did not take the Chargers. Gee, but I think we were also in the majority there. I don't think many people expected this, Bruno. Bruno, I've seen your name a lot today. I don't mm. know, and, I, and last I like week. it. Like I said, I'm trying to get your attention, but it's mm-hmm. just us here. Just mm-hmm. us. We're only two people in the room. A couple um, of dudes. A couple of dudes being guys. Mm. Um, the Chargers go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs 30 to 24. I think it is safe to say, and I don't think I'm I don't think I'm too early. I think Justin Herbert has arrived. And I don't know if this game was more the the Chargers look like they're gonna be around. Or the Chiefs just not being normally where they are at this point in the season? Because I think you would agree. Normally, the Chiefs are just like, you know, they roll out they like roll out of bed and they're good. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I think the biggest thing for me, my biggest takeaway, Bruno, I want you to chime in. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes looks average. Here is a ridiculous, ridiculous stat. Okay? He had two more interceptions yesterday. Since week 14 last year. Pro Football Focus has graded him the 21st best quarterback in the NFL. That is tied with Drew Locke and below guys like Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Taysom Hill, and Andy Dalton. Bruno? Huh? Huh? Yeah, Kurt. uh, That ain't good. But to your point, who is good, I absolutely agree about Justin Herbert. I think... We were talking both of the two games he played so far this season. He looked good in spurts. Their team didn't really uh, pull it together all uh, enough to have two great games. We were talking about after last year him being one of the breakout stars of this year, and he needed this game. The Chargers needed this game, and they got this game because he looked incredible. I will say there is the element of it being a divisional game, right? I feel like ever since last year, basically when Herbert arrived, the Chargers have at least played the Chiefs tough. Don't look that up. I don't want to know. No, how much you're the right. Chiefs no, you're them. no, you're definitely right. I vividly remember they've at least won one game last year, I think. But every game's tight, Bruno. Right. Okay. So thank you for backing me up on that. Of course, I would I never got, get anything I, wrong. I got obviously. your back. You got, got my no back. back. Got my back. Uh, but yeah, the Chargers fans are happy that Justin Herbert got their backs because he looked great. And I will say, to your point, the Chiefs, I think they got kind of cocky. Honestly, for being completely honest here, I feel like the Chiefs got to this point where, yeah, yes, they did not win the Super Bowl last year, but they kind of just felt like they almost were the Patriots of old, where their season started in the AFC Championship game. And, huh, Chiefs, maybe it's not as easy as it used to look for the Patriots, Kurt. Hmm, that's a real shocker. Well, here's the thing, too. The Chiefs have only been doing this shit for, like, five years. The Patriots did it for 20, so I don't want to, like... Also, I've said this before, uh, Tom Brady has, like, single-handedly stopped a Chiefs dynasty. Like, he's he's stopped it. Because they beat them in 2018 in the AFC Championship game. And then the, the little asshats won it in 2019. But then in 2020, um, what happened? It was last year? No. Am I missing a year? No, because Brady beat Brady went to the Bucks and Brady beat yeah. um, Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So he's yep. like single-handedly stopped the Chiefs from making two like, of the last three Super Bowls. So shout-out to Tom. But, Bruno, let's get a little bit more into last night's or yesterday afternoon's game. So in this one, the Chargers went up 14-3 at the half. Obviously... Patrick Mahomes plays up for the Chiefs, so you, you're never comfortable in a game. 
So even though it was 14-3, Chiefs came out guns blazing in the third quarter. They go on top 17-14. Now, more times than not, especially over the last three years, we've kind of been accustomed to seeing the Chiefs close out games like that, but not this week, dude. Not this week. Herbert leads the Chargers to 16 straight fourth quarter points, and they come back and they beat the Chiefs on the road, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, Kurt, and we saw, again, we haven't gotten to all the games yet, but we saw some clutch performances at the end of the games. We talked about Tucker earlier. We talked about uh, even a little more Lamar Jackson earlier. What we didn't see was a clutch comeback from uh, um, A1 tied for 21st in that PFF grade, uh, Patrick Mahomes, because he threw that interception late that sealed the deal. So, Kurt, I'm just saying, if you're a Chiefs fan, fire Andy Reid. Hope he's okay. Pray, pray for Andy Reid, but fire Andy Reid. Uh, trade Patrick Mahomes to the Bears? I don't know. You have to be asking those questions. <laughs> it's the hard-hitting questions that need to be asked. Bruno, I um, Patrick Mahomes didn't stage a comeback yesterday, but I think there's a certain guy who also didn't stage a certain comeback yesterday. I'm going to let you take that one. Oh my goodness, Kurt. Well, you're putting me on the spot here, but yes, we were just talking about him. Our boy, TB12. Another game that I don't know how you possibly could have picked the Bucks to win. I know two guys who definitely did not both pick the Bucks to win this week. Uh, we had a Rams team. Yeah, exactly. We had a Rams team come out on fire, at least offensively, and actually kind of put it to the Bucks, 34 to 24. This was a game that is, you could argue, quite a statement game for the Rams. I think you and I have talked about Matt Stafford, especially with our super fan Matsky. I feel like I ha I'm like legally obligated to say that every time I talk about Matt Stafford, but still. Matt Stafford played unbelievably well. He was super efficient, 27 for, 27 for 38, threw for four touchdowns, right? He has come into this team and fit in seamlessly. There are reports that uh, him and Cooper Cup are, like, eating breakfast together and doing all these things. It's shown on the field because Cooper Cup is, like, all of a sudden the best receiver in the league. Crazy. Yeah, like, he leads the league in every stat for wide receivers. Yeah, and honestly, like, as in uh, a third party here, I kind of like it. Like, good for Matt Stafford. Like, I kind of like that he didn't just come here and suck it up and try to, like, Me you too. know ride the team to playing well he's elevating this team right and you can see it i feel like you it's it's almost like i'm not okay this is i'll be I'm not gonna get too crazy here it's almost like tom brady coming to the bucks last year i'm not going that far yet but just his impact no, on the team is similar similar for yeah. sure like i feel like almost the whole team is elevated because i could i you could say they played great on offense right they put up 34 again their defense didn't completely shut down the bucks i mean tom brady still was 41 of 55 he threw for 430 yards only one touchdown though so again they didn't completely shut him down but i feel like the defense was running around they were energized uh they you know they did uh play really good in the rush defense because uh brady finished with 14 yards rushing kurt uh, I may not be a stats guy, but I know that that's not a good thing, especially because our whole team rushed for 35, so that's not great. Yeah, when Tom Brady is your leading rusher, something went terribly wrong for your team. Right, and so uh, I think one of the good things from this game that we can take away is just like the Rams offense is here and they're here to play. Maybe you could have argued a week, two weeks, that might be a fluke, maybe start of the season. If you're doing this against the defending Super Bowl champion Bucks. Clearly, the offense is rolling. So, Kurt, uh, what'd you think about kind of this game as a whole? No, I just, I that was the story for me. The fact that the Rams defense got, I mean, sorry, the Rams offense got absolutely whatever they wanted against the Buccaneers defense. Now, I know JPP was out. That's obviously that obviously hurts the Bucks, but that should, like JPP shouldn't be the reason you win or lose a game. He's don't get me wrong, he's a contributor, but he's not the the reason. Um, it's just Matt Stafford and that Rams offense could do whatever they wanted. Now, here's what scares me a little bit, Bruno. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted the Bucks to win this game because yep, mm, yep, we know what's happening next week, yep. and um, 
We've also known from watching him for 20 years what Tom Brady likes to do after teams, after he loses a game, what usually happens the next game. And um, let's just say, I hope that doesn't happen because GM. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a pissed off Tom Brady coming back to Gillette just makes me want to shit my pants. Yeah. But again, shout out to the Rams because I think this game was not like the Buccaneers played badly. It was just more the Rams outplayed a good team. So I think the Rams have cemented themselves as a contender going forward, and I think they're going to be in it for the absolute long haul. Well, Bruno, segueing now, as boom, boom uh, someone that I picked to be in it for the long haul, quite literally picked them to win the Super Bowl, was the Green Bay Packers. I know I've talked about it a lot. This was the drunkest game of the entire weekend. This game was absolutely nuts. So two good teams, primetime, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 Sunday Night Football, had all the makings early on of a Packers blowout. And then in the last minute of the game, it looked like it was impossible the 49ers could lose it. And then, of course, they did because Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. So did you get that all one sentence? It looked like the Packers were going to blow out the 49ers. And then in the last minute, it was almost impossible for the 49ers to lose it. But, of mm-hmm. course, they did because of Aaron Rodgers. So we got it. Everyone we covered our covered our bases there. Great. Get it? Got it. Good. My grandma used to say that all the time. Shout out, Grammy. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. So Packers go up 17 nothing. Like I said, had all the makings of a blow. I was like, this game is going to be absolutely stupid. Did I turn the game off? Yeah. I turned it off. So 17 nothing right before the half. But then the 49ers drive the length of the field. So with three seconds on the clock, they have one play, no more timeouts. They kick a field goal, make a 17-3, or do they go for a touchdown? Big ball, Kyle Shanahan's like, now nah, we going, fam, we going. He takes Jimmy G off the field, puts Trey Lance in. Shout out Trey Lance, number three pick. Trey Lance dives into the end zone. Um, so it cuts the lead to 10. That was a game changer. That was a game changer. Because after that, the teams exchanged blows in the second half. But ultimately, it got to the point where... Jimmy G got the ball back with two minutes and 37 seconds to go in the game, only down by six points. And now I wouldn't have guessed that Jimmy G would do this because he hasn't really proven that he can do this late in games. He kind of always folds. That's kind of his MO. But not this time, Bruno. He leads a methodical drive, ends in a Kyle Juszczyk touchdown with 37 seconds left in the game. Now, during that drive, Green Bay had to use all of their timeouts to try to stop the clock. So with 37 seconds, down by one and no timeouts, for almost any team in the NFL, that's really problematic. That's something that's that's just not a great situation because you only have like two plays, two or three plays, depending on if you can get out of bounds or if you can clock the ball with a spike. Now, uh, I did mention for most teams, it's a problem. That's not a problem for the Packers because they have uh, Aaron Rodgers. So for whatever reason, uh, the 49ers are like, nah, Devontae Adams can be open. Let's not cover him. Um, however, I will say that that first pass that Rodgers completed like 28 yards down the field to Devontae Adams was a ridiculously good throw that didn't look like, like to the to the naked eye or just a one-eyed guy like you, Bruno, it might not shout be. Shout out me. Shout out you. It might be like a, oh, that was a good throw, but like he had to fit that over a linebacker in front of a safety. There were like four people around Devontae Adams, and while the window like around him was decently big, the fact that you have to throw a ball like 30 yards down the like down the field with touch over a linebacker but in front of a safety, I I just can't even begin to explain how hard that is. And he made it look so effortless. Like that is a throw that most quarterbacks would look like and be like, hell no, not even trying it. 
Aaron Rodgers was like, like nah, screw it, fam. Like, he's down there somewhere. So, Devontae Adams, two big catches, sets up a game-winning field goal for Mason Crosby. 51 yards to win the game. Of course, he makes it. And the most telling thing for me about this whole thing, Bruno, Aaron Rodgers went absolutely bananas on the sidelines after. And it's just a far cry from what we saw in week one where we were like, is this man literally going to try to blow the Packers up from within because they were so bad in that week one? Well, they've come out with vengeance in the last two weeks, and they kind of look like the like the team that we kind of thought they were going to be. Yeah, Kurt, you said it best right there. I thought in general for both teams, this was kind of a nut-up or shut-up game. I mean, all around, right? You had uh, Jimmy G not getting it done in the first half. They put Trey Lance in with one play. They're going for it. They're not kicking a field goal. They say, Trey Lance, nut up or shut up, score a touchdown, and he did. Great for him. Later in the game, Jimmy G is driving. Again, he's trying to lead that comeback drive. They say, Jimmy G, we're, we want to play Trey Lance. The fans want Trey Lance, blah, 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 all the stuff about Trey Lance. Nut up or shut up, lead this game-winning drive, or so they thought, game-winning drive. And what does he do, Kurt? He does. Also, shout out Kyle Juszczyk, fullback. Great catch on that. That was like a wide receiver route. Dude, it was great sick. Catch. It was sick. Yeah, and again, shout out Jimmy G for leading that drive because he made that look just methodical. And then again, the ultimate nut up or shut up, Aaron Rodgers. Kurt, this wasn't a two-minute drill, right? This wasn't a maybe it's like two minutes and 10 seconds so you even have the two-minute warning and you have like two or three timeouts. This was 37 seconds, no timeouts. Like, I don't even, that's like crazy. Like, that's literally crazy if you stop and think about it. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers put his big old nuts on the table and he said, this is my game now. This is my, my football team now. This is my W now. And Aaron Rodgers, like you said, just bananas throws. Him and Devonta Adams just showing again why they're, you know, they're proving that this is their last dance. Again, maybe for the Packers, we don't know, but they're doing the damn thing. And like I said, uh, at the end of the day, Rodgers put his nuts on the table and he's all the way back. Not as fun as the uh, mission where he was taking down the Packers from within. That was a short, short-lived week one storyline that we had, even though as much as we loved it, it will be gone forever because clearly he's in it to win it. But yeah, Kurt, great game, great game. Unbelievable game. Um, I just one more thing about this one. I don't know. You watch this game, right? Where you, where yeah. you tune in? Uh, Might have been the worst officiated game I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm not being dramatic. It was that mm-hmm. bad. Like some of those, yeah. some of the non calls, and then the things that they ended up calling were just egregious. SAT word. Um, Bang. I but that like there was a hit on Devonte Adams. I don't know how the man's not dead. Oh yeah. And then I don't know how he can't. I don't know how he passed concussion protocol. Uh, no idea. But he comes back in the game like three plays later and starts torching the 49ers again. I'm like, this is this is drunk. This is drunk football. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that kind of wraps up everything. Uh, that's it for the whole podcast, right, Bruno? Not, nothing else to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I don't there every other team that we didn't mention had a bye last week or yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, I know the Saints played someone, but I heard the game didn't count. So that's. Oh, definitely. It was still preseason for those two teams. Yeah. 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 That's what I did here. So, uh, Bruno, mm. if you want to take us out of here. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. We'll talk about it. That team we root for in the region of New England. Um, P-A-T-S, Pats. God, Pats, no, Pats. not again. I literally, I sat next to that. I can't. I can't. I can't. No more of that. I think it is the dumbest chant ever. The Jets, oh, the Jets spell their stupid fucking name out. So 
uh, I don't ever no more pats 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 no okay. more no more. That's fair. I will st- let stats guy know. Give 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 her the memo. Um, yep. So okay, back to my mellow my mellow um, my mellow voice here talking about the team from New England who happened to play a team from New Orleans <sighs> and the team from New Orleans happened to win yesterday twenty eight thirteen. Um. Yep. So just a uh, terrible game. <laughs> You sound like you're not ready to dive right in. Oh, do you God. need a second? Right, no, we'll just do the fucking thing. Pats lose again. 0-2 oh, at home for man. the first time since 2000. Bruno, it used to be oh. it used to be every time a team came to July, I was just like, I didn't care who they were. Could have been the 86 Bears. I was like, we're going to win. Uh, it's, it's, it's Gillette. We don't lose at Gillette. Yep. Um, it's becoming a theme that we are starting to often lose at Gillette. Don't like that. This game was just all in all bad. Like, just bad to watch was angry the entire time, like was quite literally from kickoff, was just pissed off. Um, I think the Patriots' offense was just once again horrific, but for different reasons than last week. So this week the Pats couldn't get anything going in the run game. Their pass protection is so bad, it's not even funny. I cannot I cannot begin to – I can't understate that. It is so bad, it's not even funny. They were plagued by drops, and then, of course, Mac Jones throws three interceptions. Now – the three interceptions weren't horrendous on Mac's part. They were horrendous more from an offensive perspective as a whole. So the first one, Mac tried to get off a pass, but like as he was as he was letting go of the ball, he got absolutely mollywopped, and the ball floated right into the hands of a defensive like a linebacker or something. And um, so that that sucked, obviously. But it was the second one that was really the backbreaker. So what was the score half? Fourteen three. Yes, yeah. yep, 14-3. So I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. We're still in the game. Plenty of time left. Offense has to figure it out. So they come out first play of the second half. We go play action. I love me some play action. You've heard me talk about it a lot. I want more play action. I want more to our tight ends up the seam. Well, Kurt, you're an idiot because uh, our tight ends, not good yesterday, especially one in particular, oh my God. the boy Jonu Smith. So second half, play action, looking for Jonathan Smith on a crossing route. He has separation. He has space. Looks like a catch-and-run opportunity. Uh, my mans, he uh, forgets how to run, starts rumbling, stumbling, and as he's, like, going down, d- like, Mac was, had already, like, delivered the ball, and it kind of bounces off. It hit, I mean, it hits Jonathan Smith directly in the hands, bounces off of his hands, and, of course, conveniently lands right in the hands of a Saints defensive back who literally walks into the end zone to make it 21-3. And from that point over, the game was over. Like, as much as I was trying to convince myself that it wasn't over, it was over. And it just, it was a backbreaker in a game where I was like, okay, they can chip away, then get back in. It's only a two-score game, like, what yada, yada, yada. No, it's, it wasn't, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. So, down 21-3. They get a couple chunk plays after that. Offense looks okay. Here's my overall theme for the offense, though. And you, I, w- I want your opinion on this because all week on it, on social media, what did we hear? Oh, the Patriots won't go deep. It's just dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. And I was like, yeah, but it's working. Like, it's not like it was not working. Uh, Mac Jones this week, Bruno, tried to push the ball downfield. He was one of 11 with passes over 20 yards on the field. That's not what you're looking for. Not what you're looking for. So I'm, you know, let's just go back to Dinkin and Duncan because I, I don't want to see more of what I saw yesterday. So I, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, Kurt, I was one of the people who I think in our pick six said the very thing that you just said you almost wish we didn't do in that I was like, oh, Mac Jones, they are opening up the playbook. They're saying he can't, there's nothing he can't do in this offense. He's going to have a great week where he's going to air it down the field. Maybe we need to slow our roll a little bit because I would say Mac Jones looked overwhelmed, not entirely on him. Like I said, Johnny Smith, like maybe one of the worst games I've ever seen. Credit to him. I, th- I don't know if it was today or yesterday. I saw him in a press conference owning it and at least being like, you know, yeah, I had a terrible game. I know that's not how I want to represent myself. Again, it's not like he could try to hide it, right? Because we all, we all saw him out there. I'm but. interjecting for half a second because there was a point in the third quarter yesterday when Johnny Smith had five targets and he had four drops. Some receivers don't have four drops in a season, and this man's had it within five targets. So that's not what you're looking for. Yeah, and again, just from I again loosely following him when he was on the Titans, I don't really think that's like what he was known for. I don't think we signed him this year, and people were like, "Oh, he used to clean up these, uh, you know, drop issues." I don't think people were saying that. Um, so that sucked. Mac Jones throwing it down the field sucked. Again, Kurt, it, twenty-eight to thirteen. Again, just like to your point, it like doesn't even sound like that much like it sounds like it should have been a lot worse than that and that's why to your point about us coming out in the second half and being like look at all the adjustments we made nope that's why that was just a complete backbreaker like it just from there it's just like you know it's like all right well i guess the game's over yeah the pay i will say the patriots did make it interesting they cut the, they cut the saints lead to 21 13 nine minutes ago mac jones actually he was getting heavy heavily pressured acrobatic catch by kendrick bourne tiptoes into the end zone it was really like a wildly athletic play i don't know how he did it um but it, it's a one score game with nine minutes to go so you're in the game that's really all you can ask for after being down 21-3 um and the patriots defense who did play better in the second half like this is where in the past it definitely would have been a scenario where the patriots defense would have just forced the saints into a three and out pat's offense gets the balls back ball back not two just one one ball back and they go down and score but that is not how it's been for the last year and three games around here um and it's not what happened this week i think the defense has not played badly over the first three weeks but they've been they're not opportunistic that's the way i'd put it they are they were able to get pressure on Jameis yesterday when they wanted to, but they didn't dial up many blitzes, which really confused me because Carolina blitzed the shit out of him last week, and he just he made those Jameis mistakes that we've been so accustomed to seeing him make. But defense hasn't been opportunistic in the fact that with nine minutes to go, they have a chance to get the ball back for the offense, and instead the Saints go on this long seven-minute drive that they go 80 yards or whatever. Um and just they couldn't get off the field. It's the same exact thing that happened in week one versus Miami. The Patriots got back in that game even after the fumble. So the Patriots are down 17-16 after the fumble. And the, the, the Dolphins are backed up on their own nine-yard line. And the defense just has to stop, stop the run. Stop the run a couple times. Dolphins, nope, two first down. So it's like this Patriots defense is good. I, I expected it to be better. And I don't know exactly where it falls flat, but I know for certain one place that it's not getting enough, like, out of is Donta Hightower in the middle of that defense. He looks a little bad. Yeah, Kurt, and I think that's one of our biggest fears is that he's been such a staple of this team for so long. Obviously, he's one of the captains, one of the team uh, members that sets the tone. He took last year off. I, I think he opted out for COVID, right? So, or whatever it was, he didn't play last year. So I think our our hope for this year was that he had a year off, 
had a whole year to rest and recover. You know, obviously there's training and stuff like that. But again, not playing, you know, 16 games last year, right? We were like, oh, yeah, he'll be fresh for this year. Kurt, father time against everyone apparently except our boy TB12 remains undefeated because it's looking like Dante Hightower uh, went up against time and has lost this week. Not great, Kurt. Uh, and you know what? Honestly, my point about the larger point about the defense that I, I want to go back to that you made a staple of Belichick teams, right? Is that like sometimes we may struggle in September and then we kind of round into shape in October. And then by December, we're rolling. We're, we're really testing it this year, Kurt, with some of the performances we've seen so far, because they have a long way to go to be one of those trademark Belichick defenses. Yeah, dude, it hasn't looked good whatsoever. And I, I said this, I think in both our podcasts the last couple of weeks, the Patriots need to come out fast to start the season because their schedule gets so tough yep. in the end. And I'm going to be straight with you. They are staring one and three directly in the eye. Yep. No, I said I. Shout Thank out. You. You're welcome. Respect to me. Um, no, we're not discriminating around here. So <laughs> so speaking of um, Donta Hightower and Jonu Smith, I'm just going to – I'm not going to sugarcoat it. In the three up, three down this week, those are two of the guys. We've talked about yeah. it. Jonu Smith, terrible. Four drops on five targets at one point. Hightower, I had him on my three down last week. He they, they actually put a rookie that they called up from the practice squad in in the fourth quarter yesterday in gut check time when they needed a stop. Jawan Bentley got hurt, uh, so he didn't play much of the second half yesterday. Um, and they went with a rookie from the practice squad over Dante Hightower. And I was like, that's um, ra- rather telling. And that's not a good sign for a captain of your team. So just to finish it, Bruno, the three downs anyway, I'll let you go through the three ups, is mm-hmm. Jake Bailey, uh, literally the Patriots' best player last season. Jake Bailey was really bad yesterday, had another kickoff out of bounds. I don't understand why the punter does kickoffs. I've never understood it. I don't think I will ever understand it. But another kickoff out of bounds, that's two the last two weeks. Um, he had too many touchbacks. He really never pinned the Saints inside their 20 and one of their punts got blocked. Now, I'm not blaming that on Jake Bailey. It was a complete busted protection by Kyle Duggar and Brandon King. Also, Brandon King, you're literally on this team for one reason, and it's not to mess up special teams, and you messed up special teams. So, goodbye. I, you, I don't, <laughs> no, don't need you anymore. You're useless. Um, but that's the three down, Bruno. You want to go over the three ups real quick? Yeah, uh, number one, we kind of already talked about it. Uh, Jesus Christ, that's Kendrick Bourne. Great catch. You could some some many people are saying that's what everybody said when he made that touchdown catch yesterday. That that's what the announcer said. That's what we were saying. Yeah, we heard it around. He the had nation. close to 100 yards, didn't he yesterday? Oh man, I should have pulled uh, the stats. I think he had like nine catches for 90, 96. Nine, 96 yards. Yeah, okay, so close. Um, but yeah, he's been, he was great. Um, obviously, you know he's doing his damn thing out there, so I respect that to him. Uh, Juwan Bentley, thank God he's playing well because we just talked about Hightower, but he was flying around the field making some tackles. Uh, you know, playing good in coverage. Uh, Mike Owenwenu, Kurt, do you have one of those classic stats for me? For so him? Mike, I feel like you always have those. So stats. he was the highest graded Patriot this week on the offensive line at like eighty eight, um, which was it's, it's that's high for Pro Football Focus. Yeah. Um, I with an offensive line that's been so bad. I just I don't understand it for the life of me. I don't know why they don't put Nwenu 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 or Nwenu. I don't know how you mm. pronounce it, but Big Mike. I don't know why they don't, they don't put him back at right tackle where he played almost all of last season, and put Ted Karras in at guard. I I don't understand because Justin Haran, mm. dude, you suck. <laughs> Damn, now, Bruno. 
when this is over, I would like you to go to my Twitter. I posted four screenshots of a play. I should go look. You should go look. Yeah, I posted four screenshots of a play. And the first play is all all the Patriots in pass protection. Line. Everyone has a man. Hat on a hat is what you call it. So everyone, there is an allocated blocker for an allocated rusher. So it is, we're even across. I talk about numbers a lot. We are even across the boards. Bruno, are you looking at picture number one? I'm looking at picture number one. I see it. Everyone should be blocked, correct? Yeah. Go to picture two. Okay. Bruh. Justin Haran, Heron, however you say his dumb name. He's getting absolutely torn apart. Isaiah Wynn, torn apart. Jakob Johnson, sorry, bud. Go back to Germany. You look oh, like you got no. torn apart. We got Ben Mason. That was a ricochet shot. We got Ben Mason on our practice squad. <laughs> I want to see Ben Mason. No more Jakob Johnson. But they're all getting mollywopped is one of my new favorite words. So they're getting mollywopped. The third picture is Mac Jones running for his goddamn life with, like, four people like attacking him. And then the, fit, the fourth picture, math, fourth picture mm. – is him throwing off his back foot, still drops a dime, 30 yards on the field of John o. Smith, which he drops. So that just sums up the Patriots for the first three weeks, and um, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, Kurt, we're talking about uh, three up, three down. We're about to be one up, three down in our record oh, next week if God. things go according to predictions. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the Bucks are favored by almost a touchdown, and that leads us to the return. Mm. Okay. Now, I texted Bruno. <laughs> yesterday uh was it last night bruno i think so sorry drink of water because i'm about to talk mm. for a minute um mm. so i texted bruno i was like i have i'm gonna go off tomorrow now i've calmed down a little bit i'm not going to simply go off as the kids say go off king go off king <laughs> um but i don't think there's just this is gonna be therapeutic for me so you're all gonna have let's to do it you're all gonna have to listen so let's do it suck it, it up so suck it suck it up so, <laughs> obviously, it's Brady week. It's hashtag the return as it's being deemed all over social media. And I'm going to be so honest, dude. I do not know if I can do it. I don't, I don't know. It's Monday. It's Monday, and I'm already teetering on the edge. So, that just tells you all you need to know. It is go- this week is going to suck so much as a Pats fan because all week long, both the national media and the local media, Boston media is a problem, by the way, that they are so toxic. But they're going to try to rip apart the Patriots dynasty. They're going to say, Bill hates Tom. Tom hates Bill. Tom isn't fond of Kraft anymore. I've, like, again, I've heard all of that, and I only listened to the radio for like 30 minutes today. So the fact that we've nice. already heard that and it's only Monday just makes me go absolutely bonkers. Now, I have said this before on this podcast last season. I will die on the hill that Tom Brady would not be Tom Brady without Bill. And Bill Belichick would not be bill belichick without tom the two of them absolutely needed each other to accomplish everything that they did they built the greatest dynasty in football history together they will they started their journey together at roughly the same time in the early 2000s they made nine super bowls and won six of them together bruno so the fact that everyone's like ah tom tom how what percentage do you give tom of the dynasty it's like dude they both needed each other and it drives me batshit crazy i i hate the game that we have to constantly play of who deserves more credit and then try to pin them against each other that's just that's not the way i feel like the dynasty should be remembered and it, and it, and it bothers me now don't get me wrong i am sure that it wasn't a perfect relationship uh bruno can you imagine being like having to go to work every day and working for bill belichick for 20 years like can you imagine that <laughs> You'd be pretty grumpy at some point. <laughs> I, I don't think 
it'd be an incredibly enjoyable thing, uh, just because he's like the Grinch uh, <laughs> more times than not. But at the same time, Bruno, I'm going to flip this on its head, do a little 180, a little uh, flip-o-rama. Um, I think Tom became kind of a pretty boy as it got as things went on. That's just calling a spade a spade. Like late in his career, the whole thing with Alex Guerrero, he's, he's t- Brady's telling his teammates, hey, don't go to the strength and conditioning coaches of the Patriots. Go see my guy, Alex Guerrero. And then Bill's like, okay, kind of F that, but we'll let it happen. And then it gets to the point, too, where Tom opens the TB12 Institute. What does he call it? No, just maybe just TB12. He opens TB12, and it, he, that becomes Tom's baby. Now, obviously, that's dope. Good for Tom. Having your own business is awesome. But you're also the Patriots quarterback. And I feel like at times he kind of lost where those, like, fell in importance for him. So that became an issue. And then, uh, like, Tom started skipping OTAs at the end because he needed to spend time with family. It just felt like it felt like it had almost run its course. And that's just being perfectly honest. So I'm just saying, while Bill has his flaws, I I don't like the fact that everyone's just like, oh, Bill's a douchebag. That's why Tom left. It's like, no, like Tom also had some things that he didn't do great at the end of his career. Not on the field. I'm talking off the field. So obviously this whole week, it's going to dominate national headlines leading up to Sunday Night Football that, you know, while the – actually, I'm going to back up. Bruno, did you – I know we already talked about this. We watched the game last night. Did you see the commercial that you know I'm about to talk about? And Kurt, I, just for the record, I only watched it once and for reasons. So you, I'm sure you're about to get into it. <sighs> so the, I'm on FaceTime with my cousin Jackie, and we're just we, we literally were talking for like 20 minutes just about how the Patriots sucked yesterday and how we can't believe Tom's actually coming back to Gillette this week. And I hang up the she's like, dude, you're torturing yourself thinking about it. I was like, dude, I know. And then I we hung up the phone, and then literally like 10 seconds later, uh, uh, the powers that be who uh, decided no, screw this kid. Uh, here's this commercial, and it's it's a 30-second – well, first off, I wasn't looking. I heard Adele singing, and I was <laughs> like, um, what is going on? Like, is Adele back? And, Bruno, this, this, is, this is what I have to hear. So I'm like I'm – like, Adele, shut up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what is that? So I turn my head, and it's like these – videos of of tom in like a patriots uniform and i'm like oh okay six i'm gonna kill myself tonight so it's this it's this whole montage where it's like bill and tom and bill and tom and then he's in a patriots jersey and then like poof and then he's in a buccaneers jersey and then it's bill looking pissed off and then it ends with this like slow-mo zoom video to tom and it's like just his face and it like he's taking like a deep breath and i'm like Oh, okay. That's what heartbreak feels like. So I watched it probably a hundred times, and it it made me feel emotions that I have quite literally never felt before. Like it borderline broke me last night because, I mean, this is not me hiding anything. Tom was my hero for twenty years, and the fact that this is his last game in Gillette for the rest of his career, I literally I couldn't be luckier that I get the chance to go. And I've Bruno, I've tried to simulate this in my head about what it's going to be like when he runs out of the visitor tunnel because it's, he's, he ain't running from he, he ain't running from the home the the you know like our locker room anymore he's coming from the opposite side of the field and just I'm like are the bucks going to let him run out by himself are they going to run out as a team like how is this whole dynamic going to work 
And I get goosebumps just thinking about it because it's going to be – also, if people boo him, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, don't boo, don't boo him. You can boo him during the game, but don't boo him before the game. So I think that I'm of the mindset. I wish that we could just fast forward to Sunday, skip all the BS this week because I know it's going to drive me nuts. It already has. There's just that, that – that new like tell all book by Seth Wickersham Bruno that's coming out. He, Seth Wickersham works at ESPN, and I guess for, like the last ten years he's had access to the Patriots locker room. Fuck that guy, by yeah, the way. fuck that guy. But similarly to the Dynasty, that like that book that came out two years ago, this is like one of those books. And apparently, there is a part in it that the Brady camp, so like Brady's family, his trainers, don't agree with at all. And I guess it paints Brady kind of in a bad light. And I guess Wickersham is like kind of close with Belichick kind of and I guess people are like oh Belichick made him say that to make to make it look like oh Tom left because of this reason and I'm just like can we just can we just skip all of that do I think Bill was tired of Tom yeah I do do I think Bill thought that Tom was closer to the end than he actually is yeah I also agree with that but do I think Tom made the right move to go to Tampa yep and Bill even said it this morning on his on his press conference. Bill was like, uh, Tom made the decision to go to Tampa, and it was the right decision for him. Like, Bill Bill knew. And Bill has said before, the Patriots, they spent like crazy and tried to bring guys in around Tom, and they sold out for a couple Super Bowls. And then they well kind of went dry. So it is what it is. And I think it just boils down to this analogy that I've used in the past, Bruno. It is your ex who's out there with someone who's younger. They're really successful. They're fun, and now you're on this older side, and you've been really struggling since the breakup. And as my pinned tweet says on Twitter, mm. my pinned tweet says, yeah, that was right. Uh, mm-hmm. I miss Tom. I miss Tom. I miss the man more than words can describe, but he's moved on, and I kind of hope, I can't believe I'm saying this, I kind of hope this weekend we kind of close the chat, like we close the book. Like, he's not coming back. He's not coming back, and I hope the fans cheer like crazy for him pregame, and I hope we can bury the sword, but I hope the Patriots win by 50 and they sack him nine times. Is that going to happen? No. But I want to be able to enjoy the fact that we got to watch Tom Brady for two decades uh, be the best quarterback of all time, coached by the best head coach of all time. And I hope we remember that and not this bullshit that we're going to hear about all week. And that's the end of my rant. Yeah. Kurt, I mean, you said it pretty eloquently, if you will. Uh, I really don't have too much to add. I mean, we have similar stories about growing up, growing up being a uh, Patriots fan and, and our thoughts on Tom Brady. I guess I'll add that I echo that I'm very happy you especially get to go to the game because we'll see some of the stuff on TV. Like, I'm sure they'll show maybe running out of the tunnel or whatever. We won't get the full, like, the buildup and then walking out and, like, what they play and all that stuff. So I'm very excited to hear from you kind of, like, what it's really like. And also on TV, you can't always hear the full fan reaction. So I'm very excited to see uh what that's like from you and again i'm i'm hoping for the best i'm hoping that we can uh suffer through this whole week and try not to look at it as much as we want and then miraculously come out and win like 52 to 1 don't ask me how they're gonna score one point like you can't but just i hope we win 52 to 1 regardless kurt for our sake um but yeah i hope that happens uh you know and i hope we we absolutely destroy him and be like yeah we won that shit even though they won the super bowl last year and who knows what's gonna happen this year but kurt We'll see what happens. I don't, again, it is, I, I think you put it best, and this is my kind of closing thought here. I'm kind of already, I'm the same way. I'm like, he's gone. 
He's in Tampa Bay. The stuff we're doing now, it's almost like we should have been doing this last year. And it's like, yeah. I know we didn't play them last year, but it's like, we're, he already won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Like, why do we have to keep doing this? Like, it's kind of annoying. And, like, I get it. They have to drum up all the attention. But it's like, everybody's going to watch this game anyway. So, fuck all this marketing shit. So, yeah. yeah, I'm ready for this week to be over. And basically, I'm ready for the game to be over. I hope for your sake, though, you can enjoy a part of it. Yeah, it's. I know it's going to be I know it's gonna be so goddamn emotional, though. So, it is what it is. It's going to be a long week. Let's just all struggle through it together. And hopefully... We block out the haters, and we just go forward to Sunday night and just see what happens. That's it. Kurt. That's it. Um, that's not it for this, though, because, Bruno, we got a Stats Guy segment coming up. So because we're doing this virtually, um, mm. Bruno and I have to end this session, and we're going to get bring Stats Guy in. So the magic of a podcast, though, is you didn't have to know that, but we're going to end this session <laughs> right now and bring in Stats Guy. All right, guys, we're back with Stats Guy, the second segment. Uh, Ab, welcome. Thank you so much. It's actually Stats Guy, not Ab, and mm. I'm really excited to be back for a second segment. I think I should be added to payroll as a re- returning character. As um, soon as I'm, we get paid, yeah. Boy, I'm in know. charge of HR, so we'll talk later, and that I won't do anything. But, you know, okay. that's fine. We'll talk, we'll talk about it. And just so I'm aware, so I know who to go to for certain questions, what other departments are you also in charge of? Um, Kurt does the podcast duties and i do everything else yep excellent good to know bruno bruno is the <laughs> brains behind the entire operation hmm. i like that. it should be playing the briskin okay let's not get crazy um, but it's up for consideration don't get comfortable because that's guys coming in hot oh god <laughs> coming in god. hot <laughs> yeah um okay so hello boys um hello. i am here to lighten your days um, my my first fact of my stats guy segment number two mm. is that uh, Kurt is sad, and oh. <laughs> at this point you probably all already know why. <laughs> yep. um, and so I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, oh. uh, BetterHelp BetterHelp.com. Um, <laughs> you could use code Fuck the Bucks for ten percent <laughs> off. Nothing. Great. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Much needed. God. I'll be needing that later. So okay, please thanks. text text me that code. You're welcome. Um, it is, for those listening, fuck the box for 10% mm. off nothing. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving right along. Um, last weekend, last week, you had mentioned something about um, my good friend Nick Folk. Mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of his record with the Pitter Powder Patriots. Yeah, the, he made like 30, I don't remember, his 32 or 33 straight field goals. So he um, he broke a franchise record. Okay. And so that made me get thinking about his role and specifically a piece of equipment that pertains to his role. And that piece of equipment is the field goal, <laughs> which is a really cool <laughs> part of the field. <laughs> I thought, you were, I thought you were about to say the football. I was like, yep, he, he definitely yeah. does things with the football. Yeah. Notice how I slowed myself post, down to the keep the post. audience on edge. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and for those with the amount of football knowledge like myself who are mm. uh, need a refresher on what the goalpost is, if you're watching mm. football in person or on TV, it is the big yellow slingshot-looking things that are in the end zones. The end zones are the five yards on either ten. end, ten, 10 yards on either end of the 100-yard football field. Um, and that's what that's what they kick the ball through. <laughs> or if you're like, or insane. throw it through if they have really bad aim. That would be a bad aim. Or okay. you could be like the Saints kicker yesterday and just 
miss the field goals. True. You could miss it. Um, very thin margins we're working with. Oftentimes, I hear football girls say, oh, <laughs> kicking is no fun. It's boring. There's, it's so easy. It shouldn't be a part of football. And honestly, I think to be so good at your craft, it is because, or no, to, when you're good at your craft, it's you make your job look easy. And a lot of kickers make their jobs look very easy. Too easy, one might say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Like Justin Tucker yesterday, who made a 66-yard field goal. 66 NBD. yards. NFL record. Tied it. Yeah, sure. I don't know who that is, but it sounds like a lot of yards. <laughs> so if anybody God saw me try to kick a field goal, uh, oh, they'd no. feel a lot better about themselves. But Kurt, that's why we have BetterHelp.com. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck the Bucks. Or fuck the box for 10% off. Okay, but anyways, back to the field goal. So I'm actually very intrigued about this fact because um, I don't know if anybody listening realized, but we actually have really close roots to the field goal. And that is with can my you, good can friend. Can you call it the goal post? Is a field goal. A, 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 <laughs> oh, no, Kurt, why did you have to do that, Kurt? I was going to let it slide. <laughs> a field goal is a thing you get. Like we, oh. The Patriots kicked a field goal. So they're not kicking the field goal. Like, but they are. But no, they are. The no. goal post and the field goal are both nouns. Person, place, or thing. Okay. <laughs> but oh, no. the Patriots don't kick a goal post. They kick a field goal. Oh, no. Okay. So... The f- goalpost. <laughs> I'm actually really happy I'm here. Um, anywho, so you guys might know, notice that the uh, goalpost, as we just went over, it's what it's called, is yellow. Right? No, it's pink. Okay. I thought you were I supposed like- to be the stats. Was that a rhetorical question? Well, actually, it's yellow. And specifically, it is a very specific color yellow. Um, and that the name of that color yellow is actually Saturn yellow. Do you know that? No. Wow. I did. It's called yeah. Saturn yellow, which is confusing because I did not think that Saturn was yellow, but maybe it's in reference to the rings. Mm. Any whomst. Um, so they decided on a yellow goalpost almost slipped up there <laughs> they decided on a yellow goalpost because when football was starting to be televised a lot of night games were happening i have a whole nother stat on monday night football oh, too no. and you know night under the lights you could say that for televised. next week yeah maybe or maybe the week after so i just keep the fans waiting <laughs> um they needed to come up with a color for the goalpost that was enough of a contrast on evening football broadcasts that would make it pop. So they were oh, like... That's interesting. Li- yeah, super interesting. That's why I'm here. It's, it's stats guy. It's my job. I keep things interesting. They mm. were like, okay, let's do a neon color. Do I do white? No, blends in. It's color uniforms. Do I do neon green? No, looks like the field. Do I do orange? No. You want to know why they didn't do orange? Because it's the color in the Browns uniform. My wow. favorite team as we went over last week. The team you said was bad but is actually good? Mm. Yeah. Team? Okay. Um, they're so bad. They're really good. Oh, That's the okay. science. Yeah, um, I don't like anyways, that either. Not a math guy, not a science guy. No. They were like, pink, that's too bright. Not a football color. And then they chose yellow, which, honestly, the logic behind that makes less sense because I feel like there are more teams that have yellow in their uniforms. Green Bay, Steelers chargers yep a lot of people have yellow i can't mm. think of many that have Steelers. orange besides the Steelers? browns that's what i said first oh sorry i kind of brain farted 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh nice. Steelers. Oh yeah, there we you did. Go. Yeah, from this point forward, Pittsburgh. Okay, noted. Um, I'll write that down in my stats book. Mm. Um, not a lot of teams that have orange. So, anyways, they decided on yellow. They were like, "We need a yellow that's goal post yellow." I had to stop myself. <laughs> I was like, "Did I say the right thing?" Goal post yellow. So then they picked Saturn yellow. And what they would do is they would paint these aluminum gold posts. They would paint them white and just, like, really brighten them up before they painted the yellow. Then they did yellow, and then they did a clear coat. But, men, we're all from New England here. What mm-hmm. happens in New England? Snows. The Four this Seasons. Not, this is not the Bradfield Weather Podcast. Oh, shout well, out, though. Maybe he could be my guest on <laughs> my next podcast, which is going to be called Stats Guy with Stats Guy. Okay. <laughs> Featuring Bradfield Weather. <laughs> I can get him on the phone. You co- As could I. You could. Oh. <laughs> and possibly, I could I. Bruno could DM him. <laughs> Slide in, Bruno. Um, Slide in. But speaking of Bradfield, what we oh. have here in New England is weather and lots of seasons. And so three coats of paint on aluminum, not really withholding the weather well. And I forget I'm not on a TV show and people can only hear me because I'm really putting on an act here with my hands. But anywho, um, it kept fading. And my good friend, Neil Gilman, who some of us from New England might recognize the name Gilman, Connecticut. (laughs) He decided, why don't we do something interesting? So he took a paint chip of Saturn yellow. He walked to his neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store and said, can you create a powder coating in this color so that we could put it on the goalpost so that they don't chip, they don't fade, they don't get ruined in the weather. And my friend Sherwin said, sure, happy to do so. Thanks, sure. That's why the goalposts are Saturn yellow and why they look so fresh and crisp at all Mm. year rounds. And he was like, I can't even tell you how many fewer calls I get from grounds, grounds folk maintenance folk facility maintenance the grounds crew the grounds crew saying hey mr gilman we need our goalposts repainted because now they have the powder how freaking cool is that thanks you want to know you want to know something it's neil neil gilman yeah him what happened to sherwin that's sherwin williams he actually Uh. invented paint don't fact check me on that (laughs) we need to check that stats guy check that um but Neil Gilman, his grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, can't remember what the lineage is here. Um, they actually invented the town of Gilman, Connecticut, and their family is responsible for like 90,000% of football equipment around the world. Oh, get out. Literally all the equipment we order is Gilman equipment. Yeah, like on, if I go walk outside. From right Gilman, now, Connecticut. Okay, you're screaming. Uh, where is <laughs> I'm Gilman? I'm excited. Where is Gilman? Not a clue. Not your Grammy. You have one job. Let's look her up. Oh, no. Well, we're getting a lot. Well, while we look well, her up, I'd no, like Br- to. Bruno, oh. I'm going to interrupt you because okay. um, if you saw my face like a minute ago. I did see. Yeah. Mike Reese tweeted. And, of course, I have his notifications oh, no. on. Do I need to check? He, no. I'll just tell it to you. So he said, Tom Brady on his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray, quote, one thing I learned from the Patriots was Belichick would say, quote, listen. If you love football, then 8.30 on Sunday night at Gillette Stadium is the place to be, end quote. So I'll be there. It's going to be a great night of football. Oh, yuck. Yeah, he'll be there. So will Kurt. Mm. Crying. Cry. In the ninth row. Cry. Not if you use fuck the bucks on betterhelp.com. <laughs> 10% off? Nothing. <laughs> did you find where Gilman is? I did. And it is smack dab in the middle of nowhere. Is it um, Litchfield County? 
No, it's actually southeast Connecticut, like Whoa. in the middle. Um, you're actually familiar with this town name. It's right located either inside of or next to Basra, which oh. is nearest Mohegan Sun. Shout out Carly wow. Perrin. Yes. Um, Gilman, Connecticut, near and dear to our hearts. Um, his great, 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 great grandfather invented football, the sport of football. Um, but he worked at a textile mill and he was at football practice. He was like, man, I don't want to keep practicing my defensive plays on my friends because they keep getting hurt and we're playing defense against each other. So you want to know what Mr. 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 Gilman did? He went to his parents' <laughs> textile mill and he grabbed all this fabric scraps and he made like pretty much a giant sack full of all these fabric scraps. And then that's what they use for like the battering rams. He brought it to practice. Coach was like, Genius. Now no one's getting hurt. We can all play. What Super did you fun call and it? Friendly. You call it a battery ram? Battering ram? What's no. that? No. That's the thing that you ram into doors to knock them down. What are the things that you run into to practice people? Practice running against people. Like a dummy? What are you talking sure. about? A They're not the sleds. Bruno, help me. Oh, okay. Oh. Not the sleds, but like the thing that has the football. Tackling dummies. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God for Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Gilman invented tackling dummies. He brought them to practice, and the coach was like, you're the best. No one's getting hurt. And then he was like, can I have five more by tomorrow? And he, Mr. Gilman said, absolutely, sure. So he did. And then they just, so much more football equipment from there. Do your own research. Daddy Gilman from Gilman, Connecticut, <laughs> invented the game of football. And nope, that's not now we have goalposts. Nice. Well. Uh, and then Nick Folk was born. We have I mean, field goals. You heard it here first from Satsky. Shout out all of her per close, no, close personal friends mm -hmm. that she mentioned and talked to herself for all the research she did this week for this stat. And also, while we're on it, shout out at UConn Grounds Guy on Twitter. Steve Mulchberg had to give a shout out. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, uh, I think we all are, can be happy that because of the goalposts, there are field goals. Thanks, mm. Ab. Mm. Or, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it, because of the field goal, there oh, are no. goalposts. Oh, no. Yeah, but it still ends with a goalpost. It's not what like a that? soccer goal. It's not a soccer goal. It's a goalpost. One might call it a football basket. No one does that. Okay. Bruno, for the love of God, take us home. Well, thank you, Stats Guy, for regaling us with another fine football tale uh, of week, second week in a row of just having the most abundant football stats and just general stats, Connecticut stats, Brad Weather stats, all of the stats you could want. You'll find them here at the Stats Guy. Discount segment. codes. Discount code, uh, what was it? Betterhelp.com. Shout out to uh, Fuck the Bucks code. Fuck the Bucks for 10% off nothing, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Get your orders in before they run out. They're going fast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another tremendous edition of Playing the Field. And we will see you next time, as I just said, on <laughs> Playing the Field. Bye, guys. Bye. That's our that's our outro music. Bye. See ya.